Hey, Jackie. Hey, Tori. Everyone, welcome to Holy Moly, which is usually our rewatch podcast about the mole. Um, And I know you might be thinking, what? You all are on hiatus right now. We're in between seasons two and seasons three, but your girls are here to bring you a special something, our first mini-sode. Uh, it's, it's <laughs> yes. thrilling. And instead of our two-hour normal podcast, a mini-sode <laughs> will hopefully be maybe a quarter of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, we are bringing you our first ever guest interview on Holy Moly Podcast. And we're so excited about it. We just finished recording it like five minutes ago. Um, but our first podcast guest is none other than the Carlo St. James. We are so excited. We just had an amazing conversation and we're so excited to share this with you. Um, In case you haven't heard of Carlo, um, he is the creator and host and editor of the mole live reality game that Tori and I played in. Um, So we get a lot of fun behind the scenes information on how he got started in the LRG world. Um, what he wants to do for the future of the next seasons of The Mole and beyond, and how you might be able to get involved in that, which we would highly recommend doing if you can. Um, And overall, just gave us such a sweet, insightful look into what goes into making something like this. Um, He is so informative and passionate about all of this, um, and we just really hope you like it. Just a quick disclaimer that there's a little bit of audio feedback in this interview. This was our first time calling in a third person to the show, so we just had some feedback issues, and we appreciate you all bearing with us. Uh, We hope you still enjoy it because the content is amazing, and Carlo is wonderful, and we just look forward to making the next interview even better. Carlo, welcome to the Holy Moly podcast. Hello, thank you for that wonderful intro, by the way. (laughs) Yes, oh my gosh, we are so excited to have our first guest ever on the pod. It's true, and I remember thinking back to when we left that weekend after our mole experience, and we were leaving, and we were like, we didn't even get to talk to Carlo that much because we were just playing the whole time, and we were like, we'll set something up, we'll talk on the podcast, and now here we are. Yes, yes. Um, There's so much going on, like so much happened Um, even after the game. It was hard to just get a moment to just chill and talk to each other. Yes, for sure. We are always talking about how the last thing we ever did before quarantine and (laughs) the pandemic was that weekend all together. And then basically we came home and we were locked down. (laughs) It was like, it's such a weird but beautiful experience. I feel like we all share because it was the last thing we did when the world was normal and as we knew it. And so... I'm, again, so grateful that no one got sick. No one had COVID. You know, we were doing challenges where people were almost kissing each other. So you would just 
you would think <laughs> that um, <laughs> something bad might have happened, but we were we just really lucked out. Totally. We were watching that episode back, and I was just like, whoa, times have changed. This is so crazy. Right. Um, so how have you been since then? I know, obviously, since we recorded, you've been doing a bunch of editing work and getting it out, but how is life in general besides all of, all of the mole stuff? Pretty good, you know, despite quarantine life. Um, I, I no longer work in the building where I used to work because I work for a bank, but I work from home now, totally. And I mean, I have no complaints about yes. that. I, I can dig it. Like, I'm into it very much. So, so. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm still it's trying to figure helpful. out ways to like get out and still get exercise and just not be totally in my room like 24 hours a day because my setup's in my bedroom. So, what about you two? Yeah. Um, I feel like kind of similar, like I, so I was working from home before all of this and I got a new job in Philly cause I was like, I want to not work from home anymore. And then COVID hit and I took the new job anyway, but still work from home, but it was a good move regardless. Um, but yeah, so like in a new job, but working from home and just trying to see people from a distance, like safely every now and then. Um, and yeah, everyone's healthy over here, which I'm grateful for. Yeah, basically the same here. Yeah. We've just been working from home. I moved to Brooklyn and now I have a two bedroom. And so, well, it's really just a one bedroom and then a recording studio <laughs> for the pod. So. That is cool. Living in BK. Yeah. yeah. It's a very, very official. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, so getting into it, Carlo, obviously we brought you on the podcast because we met you through, you know, being in and doing the Mole Victory mm-hmm. House productions. Um, and you were like the mastermind behind all of that and putting it all together. Um, so how did you kind of get involved in that world? Because it was such a culture shock when me and Jackie joined it. And it just, we kept talking about how just deep the world is. <laughs> and so we're wondering how you got started in it's, it. The world, that world is even deeper than I realized it was. But I started... Um, <laughs> Maybe 2008 was like 12 years ago. So um, there was a group of friends that I made in college that were obsessed with Big Brother. And this was like what we consider the golden age of Big Brother with like the, so that the BB fans will know what I mean when I say like Janelle and Brittany Haynes and people like that. Um, and they were so obsessed with the game of Big Brother. I know that enough they, that Janelle is on BB All Stars. She is. She I was is. like, you know that we. You know, you don't know Big Brother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I've been yes. trying to keep up with that with that season, but I'm a little frustrated at how things are going, so I'm kind of boycotting it right, <laughs> right now in the hopes that I, if I don't watch it and I come oh, back and watch okay, it cool. later, Same. maybe things will be okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so you were Big Brother. Yes, there was a group of friends. Actually, I wasn't even a huge Big Brother fan, but um, there were some friends that I made that were obsessed with Big Brother and they figured that they were gonna do their own version of Big Brother on a weekend. Um, and it was just like a two day game, like a Friday mm-hmm. and Saturday. Um, and they had like okay. very basic materials. Like I think they used, uh, there was like a, a something that she put, what do you call it? When you put the, uh, 
like a paper towel holder. They use that for um, the keys for the the players in the game. Um, like very crude, but it was like maybe okay. a lot of heart. So, yeah. and then uh, they were doing Chris that. And they did, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did that on the weekends, and I was invited to play. I think like their sixth or seventh season, and I came in, and I didn't understand really even what Big Brother was and the format. Um, but when I joined and played it, I really got into it. And I was like, this is actually really, really cool. Um, coming up with different challenges for people to do and just meeting people that I might not have met otherwise. So, and they called these people that, that were hanging out. They, they had a big house. There was a house on campus where everyone in this little clique sort of lived, like a frat house almost. And they just called it the victory house. And so that's, sort of, I think, like, the ah, genesis of, okay. of how Victory House came about. So it came about with, like, Big Brother. So I played Big Brother the first couple of times. I did okay, but I wasn't, like... Well, Where like, was this? What college or...? This was in Greensboro, North Carolina. So that's about an hour from Charlotte, okay, which is cool. where I live now. Um, so they just, like, okay. faithfully would do, like, one or two games a year. Um it wasn't like a huge deal. It was just kind of like locally, a lot of people knew about it. And um, I didn't do like terrible the first couple times I played, but I wasn't like amazing either. So I was like, I want to watch the game from beginning to end. So I asked if I could help with production. And so I just kind of like held a camera here or there. And I got to actually watch the game from beginning to end. And I was like, oh, that's what I should have done. So I went back and played again. And the next couple times I played, I went really far into it. And then I decided... I wanted to be on the other side and just like creating um, completely like a, a game of my own. And I, mm-hmm. I told um, some of the people involved that I've always wanted to do a mole game. And this was like, gosh, this was years and years ago. So the mole victory house has been years in the making. I finally got to a place in my life where I could settle down and actually work on it. So I guess um, I want to say long story awesome. short, but I feel like I was really long-winded right then. But that was, that was sort of the beginning of, um, the Mole Victory House, because the Mole was always my favorite show. It didn't involve like the clicks and the you know it was all cerebral. That's what I loved about the Mole. It was your game was in your hands completely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. It's less anxiety inducing because like people won't vote you out, and that hurts when people vote you out. And this, you can only blame yourself. But then a little part of me still wanted to be a, have a little bit of uh, exactly a little drama in there, like a little bit of sabotage. So I was like, we're gonna come up with a way to make it so that there is something in the game where people can kind of kind of attack each other. So that's when we came up with the spy shot. So, yeah. Nice. Okay, cool. AKA that, Shake no, Shack, that was AKA a really good, the, um, the dungeon, AKA all the other names. <laughs> it's never called the right name. Every, each cast, both seasons have come up with their own names for Shake it. Shake so. Shack, Love Shack. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mole, Victory House, Lore, and Legend. Yes. No, that's a really good twist. And I remember watching season one before, before Tori and I, um, you know, went on, we watched the first season just to kind of understand what we were getting into. Um, And I think the Spy Shack really caught me by surprise because I was like, oh, is this in like international seasons or something that I hadn't seen yet? Um, Because it was such a good No, but if it is, then I'm going to need a little cut of that, uh, that, that, you know. (laughs) (laughs) We'll 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 audit audit the other seasons, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Um, No, that's so great. And I love the idea that like, 
I think, Tori, if we saw something like this, we might have played in college, like, or we might have... Oh, for sure. And of course, there was always alcohol involved, you know, so, you know, order a big old pizza. It was just the whole time. Yeah, (laughs) big old party. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I love that. And so, okay, I now want to think about how, like, so it's been a long time in the making. I love that you kept that vision and, like, through all of those years, you were, like still going to make the mole one day. Um, So when it came time to like, I'm now planning season one of the mole, like where did you start and what were you looking for in a good mole? Because we talk a lot about on our podcast, like who production would trust with being the mole. Um, So what goes into that? Gosh, so season one was just so much just a, a love, a project of love. Like I knew it wasn't going to be all this glamorous, but I knew that, um, I just like, I had kind of like an aesthetic vision for it. I wanted it to kind of give you the vibe of like the Goonies and like those eighties, like adventure kind of things. That's why we started off in the cave and, um, we had the house that we chose the inside of it. Everyone said it looked like dynasty on the inside. And unfortunately we didn't get a lot of footage of like the bathrooms and the tacky eighties wallpaper, but, um, I also <laughs> I also knew I was taking a chance on a game that no one had really played before. And in this whole reality game community, a lot of people don't know about the mole even still. It's all about typically Survivor and Big Brother. Um, and so I knew right. I needed people that were going to trust me that they would come and do this and have at least a decent time. So a lot of the people that were in season one were hosts of other games or people that I had met in other games that I knew would just come out to support me. So it was kind of like setting the standard for what people could expect. Right. Um, I, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then as far as choosing the mole, I always, I would wait until the cast was completely locked in. Um, I had chosen one person and then they actually ended up not being able to do it. So that's how we ended up with the other person that we chose. And I kind of looked at who she had connections with. Um, I kind of got... I got to know her through a Survivor game that we played together, so I knew how well she was able to lie to people's faces. So that was kind of like a, a <laughs> test that she didn't even know she was going through the test when she was playing with me. Um, but I, I felt like she was able to keep calm under pressure. Um, she didn't have a huge amount of ties to other people that were in the cast, and I felt like she was pretty adaptable, and if we asked her to do something like on the fly, she would be able to kind of roll with it. So I don't know. I don't. I think that's something mm-hmm. I'm still perfecting is trying to figure out what is the exact science to choosing the mole in in any given cast that I have. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You you did fool everyone. I mean, not everyone. You fooled me going into our season that we filmed because I was like, oh well, Carlo had there was a girl mole for the first yeah. season, so there you know the second mole. This doesn't make sense, yeah. but. Just like in Celebrity Mole, we had two supermodels back to back, so. That's the main thing that a lot of people have been commenting, even like sliding in my DMs and being like, I know next season you're not gonna have a girl as a mole because you had a girl for two seasons straight and it just wouldn't make sense. And I'm like, well, what? Gender doesn't really have anything to do with it. I just look at, once I get my my cast set, I, I just try to make the decision based on that. So I've always said if I do five or six seasons and every time I feel like a woman is the best for the job, then I'm going to do that. I'm not going to base it off of 
you know, what, what parts they have. (laughs) No, I love that. That makes, that makes so much sense. And I think it was a lesson to all of us between the victory house seasons. And like Tori just said, the celebrity seasons that we just watched to be like, wipe the slate clean every time you go in. It doesn't matter. Like you just said, it's a new cast every time and everyone, even if you look for the same qualities in a mole because you know that it might be more successful if they had those same qualities, like everyone's so different and you might not want the same type of mole every time. Then like on the flip side, like what do you look for from players? And I know it's still only been two seasons and you're probably also kind of perfecting that and gaining more fans and traction, but like balancing that um you know like drama that we do want from a like fun tv show with also like that sense of intrigue and like people who want to do well yeah um people anyone that's really excited about these types of games or excited about just a new experience i feel like is always going to be a good person to cast because that's going to translate in their diaries and just the gameplay in general and i think just Mm -hmm. i think i'm a really good judge of character um of people I feel like I can read people pretty well, not just from like being obsessed with these types of games, but mm-hmm. I have a, the- a background in like acting and theater. So like studying the human animal is something that I've spent a lot of time doing. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I can kind of see like who might oh, work cool. with who, who might clash with who, i.e. Alex and Trevor, that was amazing. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I don't know. And we've been, yeah, like I-, I helped out with, with some of the casting sometimes with the Big Brother stuff. So I get to see people a lot and kind of like make decisions from there. So, um, and then a lot of times it's just based mm-hmm. on who applies. Oh, Cause wow. sometimes you don't always get a whole lot of people. Like for some of the Big Brother games, we didn't always have like 40 and 50, 60 applicants. So you just roll with what you got and you learn how to ask questions in the diary right. room that bring out the, the best in people and kind of tell the story and the narrative as well. Sure. We're going to plug season three at the end here because we're, we're hyped for that one. Um, okay, so you mentioned Alex and Trevor and how, like, they, you know, you they clashed. And one of my favorite parts of season two was there was a scene where Alex just blew up on Trevor because of mixing up the different magazine photos. And there was, you know, that heated moment. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, you edited in a fun moment where the cameraman, Brian, kind of, like, looked at you and was like, does that usually happen? And you said, if we're lucky. (laughs) And I loved that so much, but also because (laughs) for me, like, I love thinking of it from your point of view and the kind of, like, tea that you want to happen. You're kind of like, this is good for me if there's drama. Mm-hmm. Like, I love this kind of stuff. Um, any, what was, like, do you have any fun or favorite either behind the scenes or even in front of the scenes, like, moments that were just, like, pipe and hot tea that you were like, this is going to be good? Oh, so many. And, like, with, with something like that, I don't want anyone to ever feel like I'm taking myself too seriously. Like, I've, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback on the editing and the season itself. But at the same time, I'm, I don't have, like, a multi-million dollar budget. Like, we're doing this, and, like, you see red solo cups in the background everywhere. So I, it's, I think it's important to, like, add in little moments like that. Like, I know, I know what this is, but I just want everyone yeah. to have a good time. But, yeah... Anytime um, 
certain people did a diary anytime they would diary uh even going back to like season one um ryan's gonna hate this but lance calling ryan wallpaper saying like he was so boring um it's like <laughs> little digs like that but then like even ryan like would call out jessica and say she only talked to him when she needed information and it was towards the end of the game i think diary sessions are always my favorite because you really get to say what's on your mind and you see what people really think um also probably anytime joel did anything on camera um i don't think he was always trying to be funny but he just oh naturally God. was yes. <laughs> uh yes. and then like having just roach and her improv skills are just amazing so anything she did was always hilarious to me too i heard she had a lot of extended conversations with some of the players that i wasn't aware of and i feel like we missed a lot of uh great b-roll footage with that <laughs> i loved the roach la roach after the dance party um scene where we had to go talk to her and like make a choice of what kind of advantage or something we would vote for um she had me cracking up like i wanted to just keep hanging out with her and she was just so easy to improv with and have fun with that i was like you need to be like a key part of this all the time it was so fun that was one of the things that um, it wasn't ever planned um even like making season one mm -hmm. she came up with that character as we were about to do that challenge and we just decided that we would just make it like a, a victory house thing and like make her part of each season if we could. So just like little things like that, like that's another example oh, of not that. taking yourself too seriously. But then I also yeah. want to make sure that um, people that are maybe just watching season two and they haven't seen season one, I think one thing that I could improve on is not having it be, as one person said, so insular. So that's someone who maybe just starts with season two kind of knows what's going on. Mm. So there's so much that you learn hosting and even right. especially editing, because a lot of games don't really have episodes to put out. So there's such a different dimension to what we're doing with our game. So I have to be very aware of, yeah. like, how am I going to put this into an episode? Is this going to make sense for the viewer? It might make sense to the players, but it might not translate to the viewers. So right. it's it's... A learning experience totally. and it's pretty exhausting but i'm having the time of my life doing it and i'm just thankful that so many people have like you would have never told me that the premiere episode would be at like 1300 views that's insane to me i just expected like people that played last time to watch and their mm -hmm. parents you know oh. so I, I feel like what we have in common is that kind of idea is same thing with the podcast for Jackie and I we are just trying you know get better each episode like mm -hmm. we definitely weren't great when we first started but at the end of the day we are doing it just for us because we like to do it mm -hmm. and if people listen that's just an added bonus and and I feel like you have that too where you're just like I just genuinely have fun doing this and want to do it and then whatever you know the uh, audience d decides afterwards like that'll be just the cherry on top exactly and I think having fun with it like you guys having fun with your podcast is the key to just keeping it real and fresh and people wanting to connect to it and then it's it is that added bonus when you find out oh there's this huge like cult following of the mole and people are just dying for ways to connect with it <laughs> whether it's through your podcast or finding like fan-made versions online and so it's just been a really cool community to to be a part of and like keep this going like i don't i would have never thought that i would have found people that were doing a mole podcast and i think i found you guys up because of reddit 
and I like took a chance because yes. I was, wanted yeah. to like round out the cast and I was like I really want to find some more people but some of the people that had applied no tea no shade I just wasn't like really feeling them maybe not this time around maybe next time around and right. I was just like I'm just gonna take a chance and message these two ladies and see what they think. They're gonna think I'm crazy. They're gonna be like, we're not driving up to the mountains of North Carolina where we don't know anyone late at night and <laughs> taking part in a game where we don't know anyone. But I was just so pleasantly surprised when you guys- But somehow we did. <laughs> and I think you only had like a month. I think I messaged you a month have... out of the game and I, didn't, I did not expect you guys to- yeah to be down for it and then I even remember when you walked oh up gosh. to the cabin I feel like you had this look of like what are we getting ourselves into and I just I tried to be like it's okay we're not crazy it's gonna be okay I promise <laughs> we no you were so <laughs> sweet yeah we sat in the car for a while before we got in we were like um okay we like sent a video to our friends we were like we're at a place in north carolina (laughs) we're about about to play play this game game with a million people people we don't know we're going in like if you don't hear from us (laughs) we're taking our phones if you don't hear from us (laughs) (laughs) but honestly like it was the most fun and surprising thing I've ever done. And I'm so, so glad that we found it and that we connected. Like in the same way you wouldn't expect to find a mole podcast, I didn't think anyone was playing the mole in a group together. And that was so exciting and like energizing and just open up so many possibilities to like what else we can all be doing. And like, I think people just want to create things and have fun. And it's great to see people doing that and like bringing people together through it. It was also special because it was one of the, I mean, out of this community we're part of, the LRG community, it was one of the last ones that was held before things got really bad. So I I feel like we kind of gave something, mm-hmm. we kind of gave people something to, to watch and like have something to, to entertain them during this time. Uh-huh. So it was kind of special in that way. And I think they're starting up a little bit here and there. I know in Canada, they just did a big brother, I mean, a uh, survivor LRG and it went well and everyone's okay. So I'm just hopeful that um, Mm -hmm. we can all move forward, but we can talk about moving forward a little later. Because I do have just a little bit to talk about with that, but. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I was so glad that you guys were were open to it. And I was just like, I, don't be afraid. It's honestly like 90% of the guys in the house are gay. You're gonna be okay. walked in and the first thing you said you were like hi I'm Carlo here's the house and then you took us right to a room where there was a hot tub and it was Trevor and Joel and I was like oh <laughs> they were immediately like yes welcome <laughs> it's like okay we're okay <laughs> no that was great and we were like we were so already tired from like traveling but we were like we need to start the social game and like say hi to people and get to know people like we were motivated so it was it was so fun Um, so then on that note, like, what do you hope for, you know, you've touched on it a little bit, but like season three and beyond, what is your vision? What kind of things are you hoping for or planning for in the next seasons? So I am such a nerd, proud nerd about the mole and games like this that I already know aesthetically what I'm going to do for seasons three, four, and five and what the overall theme is going to be. Um, three especially because we myself yeah. the same team myself and Ben and Jessica and Craig um, 
we've already planned out uh, the first day of the game. And we're working on the second day. We have an overall theme. Um, I actually yesterday just went to check out the house that we're going to use. And it's a house on a lake in Littleton, North Carolina. It is huge. It's gorgeous. The guy that was, um, the guy was really nice about just letting me check it out beforehand, which I haven't done before. Um, he even had a, a family that was checking in, but he was like, no, you can, you can walk through and check it out. So um, I'm really excited. It's a really great location. But season three has a definite theme. Four does too. And I've told everyone this, so it's not really a huge secret, but five is going to be an all-stars season. So we're going to bring every, well, not everyone. God knows, I can't do that. But we're going to bring back people from the first four seasons for season five. And um, the plan is to do season three in March, if we can. And then in the summertime, we're going to do season four, which is going to be on the beach. And then season five will probably be 2022. That's and beyond amazing. that, I don't know. I love know. that you have a plan, like, come. Yeah. <laughs> get, leave that to the, the mole gods. I don't know what's going to happen. At least we're good for the next few years, though. Yeah. And then I also yeah. said that I, I wanted to do a family version with years. just my crazy family playing the mole. And my mom was really excited about that. So you may see that coming to you. <laughs> it may be just a mini, just like a couple of episodes. Um, but you want to talk about yeah, like, comedy. That is going to be insane if my family does that. I'm just hoping to continue doing it and continue to meet cool people and just expand the whole family and just everyone have a good time. That's all I want is just people to look back on it and be like, I was glad I was a part of this. Yes. Carlo, you over over the quarantine, um, I haven't talked to you about this at all, but you participated in a quarantine version of Oh, yeah, I did. I sure did. And I do not like being on the other side. I do not <laughs> like seeing the uh, the green and red screens. Now I know what I'm putting through people, putting people oh. through, and I don't like it. <laughs> but I will say I I wasn't too shabby. I made it to the very end, but you know it was stressful. Definitely amazing. I liked watch. I liked following along with that and seeing how you were doing because I do feel like for you know, yourself being so heavily involved in production, um, that that's a benefit because you kind of get to see how everyone plays, you know what to look for. And I feel like that's the same thing. Even if you've only just played once, like I feel Mm -hmm. like whenever people play more than once, it's like, oh, okay, now I get Mm -hmm. it. And I will say I had, it was amazing. It was a week long and I really had a lot of fun doing it, but never again. I will just stick to hosting. (laughs) I am good. (laughs) I was runner-up. That's good enough for me. Um, but then if I had to lose, at least I lost to my co-host, Ben. He did a great job. We, uh, yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was a lot of fun, though. Yes. When I saw y'all were in the final three together, I was convinced Ben was the mole. I was like, Ben's the mole, 100%. He, uh, he's played a lot of those. He's played a lot, and he's done really well. So um, I was like... I really don't think he's going to be the mole this time. I'm just going to press him for information and stay as close to him as I can. And we kind of compared notes on our quizzes and process of elimination. We figured it out. Um, Just a few episodes into it, I was locked onto one person and they ended up being the mole in the end. But I was also locked onto to a bunch of other people. So I'm not trying to say I'm some genius when it comes to the mole. I just... Mm. Happened to <laughs> have some good strategies that I got to see a lot of you players use. So I'm like, oh. Yeah. Amazing. Um, is there 
anything else, like I know you're a creative in general, is there anything else going on that you've been making or that you kind of want to like have listeners um, check out or just share? Hmm. There is going to be an org version, so an online version of the mold that I'm hosting. My first time doing an online one like the one that I just played that we're going to get going um, in a few weeks here. Uh, And we'll probably be posting about that on Facebook, like what happens with that. But aside from that, I'm just spending a lot of time focusing on the next season of the mole and just always trying to like listen to feedback that people have given me, players and viewers alike, um, just because I want to make the experience as tight as possible. Like I have, like you two will appreciate this. We, I've told you this before, but we are definitely using more than one laptop from now on <laughs> so that we can get through the quizzes a lot yes. faster. For those of you listening, man, they were troopers because those quizzes took a long time, especially in the beginning when we had 16 and 15 people. Uh, so multiple yeah. laptops, um, working on um, having a bigger pot, a, big, a bigger potential pot so that people are less mm. tempted to just be completely selfish and actually want to put money in the pot. Uh, <laughs> and just, yeah, um, we were vicious in our season. Yeah. Everyone was like, I don't yeah. care. I just want the Joker chips. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, give me the Jokers. I don't want to hear anything else. But... Um, and I think, like, um, moving forward, like, with this next house, I'm starting to uh, book it from Wednesday through the through the Sunday instead of Thursday because I was just, like, go- going a little mm-hmm. crazy, like, having to do too much at one time. So I'm going to get in Wednesday so I can settle myself and unpack all the stuff we need for challenges and actually do some cooking. Like, this year I'm going to cook a bunch of stuff and have it ready for people. And um that way I can focus on that Wednesday. And then Thursday can just be completely about, like, getting people in and getting their flights coordinated. Well, they'll already be coordinated, but picking people up instead of having to do all that on one day. So it's mm-hmm. like every time is a learning experience of things that you can do to make the game better for everyone, production and the players. So um, long story short, yeah, that's all I'm <laughs> working on right now is season three of them all. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, that's well, a lot. You know, we definitely want to let everyone know where to, like, follow you. Um, we're going to put all of this stuff in the show notes, but obviously on YouTube, Victory House Productions, um, you can find them on YouTube. Also, Facebook, right? There's a Facebook mm-hmm. group. Um, Carlo, you're on Instagram and Twitter. You feel cool. free to follow we my personal page if your, you want to, unless you want to talk crap about the, the production. Unless it's constructive criticism, I will take that. But don't be sliding <laughs> in talking about why didn't you make so-and-so the mole? Because I have gotten that, too. <laughs> it's like, listen, oh. calm down. Oh, calm my down. gosh. It's like, I'd like to see you make an LRG <laughs> from scratch. That's yeah, so easy. Man. My thing is, get off the couch and send in an application, <laughs> oh and let's see how well you do, because it, it may not have a yes. social aspect yeah. as, like some of these other games, but it's a stressful game. Like, you guys sitting there taking the quiz and waiting to see oh. what color your screen is going to turn, it takes a lot. It's really hard. It's draining, but it's also, sleep, um, also like invigorating at the same time. No, there was no sleep. <laughs> well, we also had um, like daylight savings time was working against us. The clock, it was like three o'clock and then all of a sudden it was four o'clock and we were like still waiting for one last elimination. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing that we're working on too, is just making sure, you know, like we're going to cut things off at like 11 or at the latest midnight be done each night because we're, we're not going to be. 
can't be doing that. Plus, I'm old, too. Like, I've got, like, a good 10 years on most of y'all, and I need my sleep. You saw when I was, like, walking up the hill in the finale, I needed an inhaler. I needed the oxygen. So we got... <laughs> I'm trying to be around to host the next few months. Well, Jackie and I also... Yes, please. We did not plan appropriately. We thought that we were both going to fly home Monday morning and go right to work. And then just after the weekend, we were just so, I mean, we were physically exhausted, but also just mentally exhausted. And so we both Monday morning called out. There was some kind of study done, and I don't remember who told me about this, but it was about people that have been on reality shows. And ours is only a weekend, of course, but there's something that happens like to your brain when you're in these kind of situations, even on a weekend. Because I remember the first time I played a big brother, it just, I was in such a weird headspace when I left the game. It's just, it takes over your whole frame of thinking and it just takes a minute to adjust to the real world, even if it's just a weekend of playing the game. Because you're like locked in a house and you only see these people and you're being competitive at the same time. Yeah, It's just a really cool experience that only certain people are going to understand, I feel. Yeah, it's so consuming and it's also so much adrenaline being pumped through your veins like for every new challenge and every new quiz and every new like conversation that you're having that by the end you are just like collapsed from how like awake you had to be that whole time. Yeah, it was definitely like a you know when you kind of like you're with people for a while or you go camping or something and you're with people and then you go home and you're like, oh, where is everyone? Like, it was weird not being it's like the next Stockholm day. It's syndrome. Yeah. I'm scared to say that, but I feel like I woke <laughs> up the next day and I was like, oh, what's Nate up to today? Is he turning into Frankie DiGiorno again? You know, is, is Joel twerking on the wall? I expected <laughs> to see all these people and then, you know, I was back in my, in my house and I actually couldn't even... I needed to like take a minute to separate myself from the game too. Um, after the game, I needed time before I could go and like look at the footage and edit it because I was just wiped out myself. But it was, um, yeah. I'm not complaining. For it's sure. like a good kind of wiped out. Like, ah, it's done. I think we did a good job, but I need some time to, <laughs> to decompress before I even dig into the footage, so. Yeah, totally. No, that makes complete sense. Oh my gosh. Well, truly, thank you so much for joining us, Carlo, for this call, for our first podcast guest Uh. interview, The Legend. (laughs) We could not. We are so thankful you came on to chat with us. I am just so honored to be asked. I really thank you for letting me be on the podcast. And, you know, I tried to behave myself. Maybe next time I come, I might, you know, be a little bit looser. But I tried to keep keep it classy for the first time. I don't want people to be scared off. I want people to check out the game. But yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful that we also got a friendship out of this because I just adore both of you ladies so much. So thank you for uh, being part of season two. Oh, that's mutual. Actually, everyone loves you. You're like America's oh, sweetheart. That's what everyone tells us. We were basically the number one showmance of season two, and I know there was some competition, but... It was a landslide. It was. Come on now. (laughs) And we needed everyone to know it. It was like, we know... I know we don't know anyone else, but I need you to know that we love each other and that you need to treat both of us as a pair. (laughs) Like, seeing Tori get executed was probably the worst moment of my game. I was, like, distraught... (laughs) Um, really didn't know how I would go on without her, but as we said, the community was strong enough and they took me in and it, it had to make me stronger. 
and maybe Tori will, you know, maybe we'll give it a shot again one day and play play together again one day. Who knows? Who knows what the future knows? What the more gods have in store, or what is going on in my crazy brain? No. Exactly. Never know. Um, All right, everyone, please go check out Victory House Productions presents the Mole. We'll have links in our show notes for seasons one and seasons two. And if you're interested in being on it yourself, you can apply to be on future seasons. And everyone, Holy Moly will be back soon with some new Mole content. So just stay posted. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. All right. Bye, y'all.